thanks to the centuries of struggle led by feminist movements worldwide, it is increasingly common to see women in their diversity earn their place and win spaces in the political arena. That's right, Valeria. Although, we acknowledge that the journey to equal political participation indeed hasn't been easy, and that we still have a lot worth keep fighting for. Hi, this is Valeria Saray. And I am Daniela Cero. Welcome to this third season of Gender Kaleidoscope, where we talk about gender in its multiple phases and colors. It's 2022. We're only eight years away from achieving the Sustainable Development Goals of the 2030 Agenda. And for this year, and this month in particular, the gaps in gender and setbacks in women's rights remain worrying concerns of the Sustainable Development Goal number five. Today, we'll be talking with The Hunger Project about the challenges that women in India, Mexico and Sweden still have to face to participate in politics and how they work to overcome those obstacles. The biggest obstacle is obviously patriarchy and patriarchal norms and structures. Uh, unfortunately, even if Sweden has um, long history of uh, gender equality or work for gender equality, we still haven't reached uh, gender equality. No country in the world has unfortunately done that. So we still face a lot of obstacles and challenges. And I'm Lino Diaz-Rame. I'm uh, the program developer and advocacy person of the Hunger Project in Sweden. And I'm based in Stockholm. Um, looking at the gender uh, situation, for example, politics in the parliament, we are close to 50-50, but we're not there. Uh, it's been back and forth during the last decade. Um, but, I mean, we haven't reached uh, gender parity uh, yet. And uh, just to give an example, it, it took us 100 years to get our first uh, women, women prime minister, which we had uh, in the end of last year. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's a slow process uh, and there's still a lot to, to do. So even for us, it's, it's a big challenge. Recently, Sweden commemorated the 100 years anniversary of women's right to vote. It was not until 1921 that women in Sweden became full citizens. However, as Lina mentions, it was not until last year that the Swedes got their first female prime minister, Magdalena Andersson, when the sitting leader for the Social Democrats stepped down. That we have to think that political spaces have historic, historically been built by, by men. So um, this has represented uh, challenges for women because even these spaces uh, have been designed for them. I am uh, Roberto uh, from Mexico City. So I'm working now in the THP Mexico. I'm executive coordinator uh, in the office. 
to think that gender-based violence has gained a strength, strengthened in recent years as women's rights advance. Um, so this is this this is a response uh, from the patriarchal system. With me, so uh, the absence uh, of regulatory frameworks is another challenge um, that women face in order uh, to participate politically, because even this we have to, uh, to consider as a failure of the political system. According to UN Women globally, just 10 countries have a woman head of a state, and 13 countries have a woman head of government today. Only 21% of government ministers were women, and just 14 countries having achieved 50% or more women in cabinets. With an annual increase of just 0.52 percentage points, gender parity in ministerial positions will not be achieved before 2077. That's another half of century. Sure. Uh, good morning uh, from India. My name is uh, Veda and I work with the Hunger Project in India as a senior program officer. Uh, I've been working here for the last 10 years. I'll begin with by saying that, you know, um, I think the, the biggest um, uh, obstacle that we have here is that there is a notional value attached to women's political participation um, and representation um, in India. And I say this because, um, um, as people are aware, uh, that we do have um, quotas. And uh, in out of the 29 states that are there in India, uh, 17 states have 50% quotas for women to contest elections in local village councils. This is at the local governance level. Um, however, um, as many of us know, that um, being in the room is not the same as being heard. So um, uh, because there's notional value attached to women um, in, in, in political office as public office holders, um, there is also uh, an intersectionality of discrimination that they also face. Um, and this I mean that because all women don't face the same obstacles once they are in, um, in political office. Um, so women from the Dalit or the marginalized caste backgrounds, we have a caste system in India which basically discriminates based on the hierarchy. And, um, and, and women, and if you are a woman and if you are from a Dalit caste background, you do face additional barriers to exercise your leadership. This whole thing about uh, obstacles and diversity and inclusion becomes of a static that, oh, we have given you quotas, oh, we have the systems in place, but what is our, what are we really doing to realize those quotas? Because it is not, it is a necessary condition, but it's not a sufficient condition. And I guess those are the main issues and obstacles that we are challenged with currently in trying to really get political will moving that, look, quotas are not enough, um, just that because women are voting does not necessarily mean that they're participating actively in political life as well. Um, what, what, does, what implication does that have um, on women's political participation or representation at the local level? And then third, because there are no quotas at the higher echelons of political office, it's only in the local village council level. We have heard our guests mention intersectionality. So you may be wondering why intersectionality is relevant here. By applying an intersectional perspective, 
we can acknowledge the connections between patriarchal structures and other forms of oppression based on nationality, race, ethnicity, class, sexual orientation, gender identity and expression, disability, age, political ideology or religion. To ensure women's participation in politics, we must be aware of the nexus of gender with other social divisions, which can lead to women's exclusion and discrimination in political spaces. After listening to all of you, I wonder about the connections between participation and representation and the gaps between them. From an intersectional perspective, even when some women gain access to public office and spaces for political participation, this doesn't necessarily mean that they represent the women of their communities and their needs uh, and their initiatives, right? You're completely right. And if you look at, at women's uh, participation from a, an intersectional point of view uh, and their representation, then you see that it's not, uh, there's a lot to, to do. Uh, women born outside of Sweden are grossly underrepresented in Swedish politics. Uh, women with disabilities, women, I mean, if you put this intersectional lens, you will see that there's still a lot to do. And that also has an effect on who's 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 represented and whose voice is heard but also as you were mentioning whose interests are being dealt with and we need to think that uh, all spaces in the political um, spaces um, are thinking to just one model of woman you know so who more? woman well white um heterosexual um uh, of the city in the urban you know so this is really challenged because when when you call uh some women's different women's or diversity women's uh, like um like like indigenous lesbian trans uh, or living with HIV or or etc. Um, this will be um, a really um, a challenge because this woman um, when when they when this woman participating in these spaces, um, I will say that um, they are a CEO. This is really uh, complicated because. Um, People think that my participation is from uh, one model of woman. No, this woman. No, this indigenous woman. No, this lesbian woman. This is where it's very important to have these conversations. And this is where we see the reason why there is a gap uh, is also because a lot of times we also see women who have contested. And this is where the diversity and the intersectionality issue comes in. Because, um, for instance, there are in the in the state assembly elections or in the state um, level or in the national level, we see a lot of women contesting who are basically from um, from very powerful dynastic political families, right? So they have some kind of a lineage going in there. Having said that, what it really, really boils down to that, again, your reasons for contesting could be anything or maybe you've been backed and maybe you've been looked as a proxy candidate as well. But what is it that you're going to do? Because currently you are there in, 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 in that uh, public office. And what, how, what, can the, what can the enabling environment do to 
promote her her leadership you know how can she really exercise her leadership while being in power while being in this situation because whether you're from a dynastic and elite background or whether you're from a um, uh, from say a poor background you do need support yes support in what category and what variance will of course differ you know um because you're a woman and if you're from a dalit caste background or or if you are from a really poor and marginalized background you would need more information more knowledge more support more uh, push as well so that at least what you're going to do now is what's going to matter and that is something those conversations are completely lacking um in our narratives as well As you may have noticed, we have been talking to three Hunger Project members based in different offices around the world. They have shared the challenges and gaps that women in their countries face for equal political participation. But I would like to know, and I think our listeners would too, how is the Hunger Project working towards those obstacles transformations? Well, in all our work we we have always put an emphasis on women's leadership and women's empowerment and women's potential i would say so we know that focusing on women and their leadership gives results and also creates long long effects and um, when it comes to political uh, participation we have we have been working in in several of our countries with different different programs that are uh, enabling women to participate in not only on political like life on a larger scale or on a higher level but in their communities actually having a voice where it matters the most in their own lives and their own communities and i think that's that's an important thing when we talk about political participation or political power that it also means power over your own life and over your own development uh, and not only this political power that some people think like well it's about the government or the parliament but it's something it's something as important or more important is actually the power that you have in your own kind of clo- the closest community where you live and in your own home well actually in specific in in mexico um we are working on some inputs like um first of all open spaces for promotion and dialogue to share knowledge and with some uh, around this topic so um, the second one is alliance with other actors to enhance uh, our work on the promotion of women's participation Um I think also in strategic investments to accompany women's leader uh, as as Lina said uh, in the first workspace which is in the community um in in the community um spaces uh, trainings uh, open spaces for dialogue um conversations creation of their own uh, own agendas to influence the in the decision makers and On the other hand I think in uh, contribute and accompany the creation of a specific spaces 
spaces led by rural rural and indigenous women uh, this point is really important for us because um, if you don't have a, a specific spaces to 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 a specific women like uh, indigenous women or rural women uh, or other um, diversity uh, diverse women it it will really complicate it to build uh, some proposal some proposals uh, or specific proposals what we do is that uh, we work very hard to dis disband this um, this these notions and these norms that are there existing that you know women cannot really do anything uh, in these spaces um and and how we do it is basically by like i said before that we have the quotas in the local village councils uh and 50% quotas in most of the states what we do is that we a we start early so what we do is that we have these um uh, and this is about participation and representation both is to get more women to be involved in the political in the electoral processes you know so if there's a local village council elections happening so we have this campaign that we launch in which we are just asking women to come out vote proactively what kind of um, leaders should you choose uh, we have these series of very intensive capacity building workshops uh, women leadership workshops need based workshops where we are basically providing them with that support uh, that uh, that uh, facilitation uh, to say that look you're not alone in this and that you really need to um expand your leadership you know you really need to look at different categories so when you look go to your village council look around you who are the marginalized who are the vulnerable but at the same time how are you going to prioritize issues we know that to have this this really long um effect we need to kind of work with all of society and and change norms and change behaviors and and have this gender transformation uh because if we continue doing the same then it will take us a hundred more years to to actually reach what we're trying to reach i think it's important that we all continue the work but also that we all reflect on how can we do some change in our lives and how can we become uh like allies to those that aren't represented today for example what position in power or what position do i have in society and how can i use that to achieve something that perhaps someone who's not in this position cannot do this has been gender kaleidoscope space to shift how we reflect and understand gender on its many and diverse experiences around the world. You can find in the description of this episode the information related to the clips that you have heard during the program. This podcast is produced by Forumsif with Daniela Ceron and Valeria Saray as your hostesses and Juliana Torres with her invaluable post-production work. Until next time...